Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to the Behind the Racket Pod. The podcast taking you behind the racket with today's top tennis players and biggest issues facing the sport. Behind the Racket is a community to give fans and players in the world of tennis the opportunity to open up like they have never done before. Visit BehindTheRacket.com for the latest stories, merch, as well as direct links to all of the latest podcasts. It can also be found on iTunes, Google Play, Pandora, Stitcher, and wherever you find your podcasts. Download the episodes and make sure to leave a review. And we want you to be a part of the conversation. Find me at NoahRubin33 or Mike at MikeCTennis on all forms of social media. You can also learn more at BehindTheRacket.com or MikeCTennis.com. Special thanks to my sponsor, New Balance. Visit their latest shoes and styles at NewBalance.com and learn more about their program of giving back at hashtag NBGivesBack. You can also help support the podcast by visiting Patreon.com slash BehindTheRacketPod and receive rewards from our travels around the world. And now... Joining us from Indian Wells, California, Noah Rubin. What the hell is that in the background? Is that like a stormtrooper, like speeder or something? What the hell was that? You know, this is a weird place. Palm Springs is <laughs> is super eerie. There is there's something to be said for the perfection of the place being very weird. I mean, the weather today, you don't feel the weather. It okay. was just it was just perfect and yeah, so I don't know what happens at night, to be honest. A uh, couple of good wins for you over Petrovic and then Luca Pui. Uh, so congratulations. I know you you got a lot of um, positive messages on social media and, and the like over the last couple of days. Um, but I, I think uh, somebody tweeted at me and said, you know, what about your podcast partner? And I said, more than anything, I'm just happy you're healthy and seemingly uh, enjoying what you're doing right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, I said this before, I don't envy the position that Pui's in, you know, I know what that feels like. And and to be honest, I hopefully this doesn't come off too arrogant for me to be his first match back, regardless of how I'm playing. It's an annoying match. I'm going to make a lot of balls. He's not going to have any confidence. And I know that's like, I've been there. I've, you know, we, we, we were having different podcasts some, you know, a month ago. So, right. you know, obviously Regardless, it's still Lucas Puy, and that's a great win. And, you know, he's a super kind guy. I mean, right before my match, he's like, oh, yeah, regardless of the outcome, let's do uh, behind the racket after. Oh, awesome. And, yeah, so he's just he's just a really nice guy. And, again, I, I wish the best for him. It's just a really shitty circumstance. And tennis does not make it easy on you. You know, here's a guy that is used to uh, going deep in slams, and he's like, can I get out of the first round of a challenger? And I don't. This just doesn't happen too often in a lot of other sports where you have to take that many steps backwards necessarily, and it's still similar level. So uh, you think yeah. about baseball, though, for example, you have so many uh, you know players who have gone down once they deal with an injury. They're playing in single A, 
baseball, for for example. I mean, that's that's how it's done. And I, I think I'm sure for Pui, that's probably how he's taking it. No disrespect to you, but you know, for him, he needed a match or two. He was hoping to have two or three matches, right, to get him prepared for Indian Wells. I, I you know, hopefully he's able to take the positive out of it that he competed well. He didn't serve very well. Um, and I know that kind of put him in some bad spots, but I'm, I'm hoping for him because he does seem like a very nice guy. My interactions with him as well, that hopefully he takes the positives out of a match like that and builds off of it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I actually, he was my first practice of the week uh, with Moresmo by his side. And, mm. you know, it seems like they're doing the right thing. Obviously, I think a change of racket. I think there's just a lot of you know, not too many constants right now. And I think that's sure. something he has to change. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's difficult. I mean, you brought up baseball and of course they have to prove themselves to a certain extent, but at the same time in tennis, there's no faking it. You know, if right. somebody looks back at the baseball player and is like, yeah, you know, we see that it's there. Yeah. Maybe you didn't have the result, but we see that it's there. Let's, let's put you back up there and in tennis. You can't fake it. If you don't, you know, right. if you're shaking hands, it doesn't say game set match. Pui, you know, that's a loss. That's him not getting points. That's him going to lose these points. So, you know, even, you know, with him being as good a guy he was, you know, he goes back at night and I'm sure he's, you know, he says like, eh, that kind of sucks, you know, that's putting me in a pretty bad spot and not feeling too great going into anything else. We have been put into a pretty good spot ourselves. Um, we released our, our new Patreon um, last week. And we got a, just a overwhelming response. So to all of you who have signed up on patreon.com slash behind the racket pod, thank you. Um, let us run down this list of, of our donors here, um, starting with Ben McClung. Uh, ben, I know you are going to be getting your autographed No Ruben tennis ball. We are working and on Mike. that. And no, Mike, nobody yes. wants that. Come on. Uh, I'm gonna. If I mispronounce your name, I apologize. I'm just looking at names here. Uh, but Elon Weinstock, thank you. Uh, Yako Rubens, Jeff Michael. I, I believe you know him a little bit, Noah. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's a good guy. Uh, Joey Hoff has been one of my oldest friends in social media uh, related to tennis. He was long time known as the the tennis nerds, um, and Joey is one of our initial Patreon supporters as well as Stephen Cohen. So to all of you that have supported, thank you. We greatly appreciate it. If you haven't, no worries. You are certainly welcome to join us at any time. Um, and, and if you, you know, I I just kind of wanted to make sure I said that there's no pressure to join and this is hopefully just uh, something that maybe gets me to some other tournaments uh, to join Noah when he's you know back into the top 100 where he should be yeah I mean yeah we we really do appreciate all the support again you know this is this is just allowing us to expand the process of what we've been working on and it's really exciting and regardless I you know if I want to see Mike's face or not it does help yeah. the whole thing work so yeah, you guys will be getting very upset videos when he gets to be traveling with me a lot more. Uh, this is your 15 minutes, and I've taken a, a, a lot of time, you know, just uh, praising you. Um, <laughs> what, what's what's on your mind here is we're in, what, week number, I believe, 11 of the year right now? That's a good guess. I, You know, I'll ask Ugo Humbert, <laughs> who hasn't taken a week off <laughs> this um, year yet. But, uh, yeah, I have some things on my mind, and, you know, it's... I guess when I kind of take my own sadness away, which, you know, I, I would like to think I'm in a pretty much better spot than I was in a few weeks ago. Um, definitely a few wins. Things are going well. Behind the Rackets exciting. What we're doing with the 
behind the racket pod um that it allows me to kind of see a little bit more clearly what's happening outside and mm. with that being said it's it's difficult um you know you come to a place like indian wells and you can just see just an extra bit of happiness to have open grass <laughs> i feel like we're animals being mm. you know set free at times because you know we just take off our shoes and we run in this grass and we're like oh my god this is amazing so you know i'm seeing this and i'm i'm you know, opening up my eyes a little bit and it's, it's been dark at times and, and it's really upsetting. I, I've seen, you know, some low points where the morale is just not where it needs to be at all. And, and I'm getting to this point where I have this argument and people hopefully can chime in. And then I, I really want to open up the conversation. Cause again, I don't know other sports like I know tennis, but it just seems that in other sports, it is easier to be happy even when losses are upon you. That's a could be a crazy statement to make, but in the world of tennis, I have seen players be directly, you know, their emotions be directly correlated to winning and losing, which obviously we are competitors, that's just natural, but to a point where it's their self, you know, self-worth. I mean, it's everything they are. And that scares me. It mm. worries me. And I, that's where I see, you know, this anxiety kick in so immediate, so quick after a loss and, and consecutive losses. And, and I can see that, you know, almost a darkness. I mean, you know, we make fun at times, but it's not something that you joke about when, you know, you talk about this seriously. But you can see it where somebody's just getting beat down and the light is just not there in their eyes. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it with me a few times. I'm yep. sure, you know, you've looked around when we're at challengers or whatever it is at the open and you're like, it's just a dark place. And I hate that. It's just so directly correlated to winning and losing. I've seen also people who are able to, um, for the lack of a term, not give a fuck. Um, and, and I actually mean that in a positive way. Right. The idea that they're just able to do what has to be done on the tennis court, win or lose, and move on to what's whatever happens to be next in their life. I was listening to a podcast, actually, Conan O'Brien interviewing the comedian Ali Wong, mm -hmm. and that was something she talked about, just this idea that for her, she has this innate ability to not give a fuck what people think about her. Um, and, and that the, whether she bombs on stage or, or not, it doesn't necessarily matter what those, the people think it's matters what she thinks about him, themselves. What separates people who are able to do that from uh, those that can't? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely up there in the category of giving many, many fucks. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, I think it was early on, even in like, you know, when I was 15, 16, just playing futures and I heard of Sam Query. And it was a video of him playing ping pong. And I was like, oh, he must have, you know, won his match. He lost like fairly easily that day. And then I just asked a few people and he's just one that, regardless of the outcome, was just okay with living his life after. Hmm. And that baffled me at the time. And to this day, you know, I have some moments where I could see it, but still like flabbergasted at the fact that that can be a possibility. Um... You know, I think, you know, I don't want to go too deep into this part of it, but I, I think some of the aspects and issues, you know, it's pretty plain simple. You know, if Ali Wong, you know, if we're telling Ali Wong that she's 
breaking even at the end of the year does she feel the same way and if she you know i know she's traveling a lot and you know all these other things but you know i think tennis brings along so many different you know short ends of the stick you know so to speak that you put all of those together and then you're losing on top of it that it gets very difficult to not give a fuck so you know i think we've spoken about this as well is is the idea of the correlation between you know, great tennis and not thinking on the court mm. and mm-hmm. how that can, you know, affect off the court as well. And and just because, you know, somebody loses four matches in a row, five matches in a row, they're still fully confident in themselves. They're not questioning anything. They're not questioning tennis. Not They're just going along saying, God, either that played well, I played like shit, but like, I know I still have it, so I'm fine. Me, I'd be like, I got to start sending out some resumes. <laughs> I got to start... See if my dad has any connections in the banking world. <laughs> and, you know, and it just, but my, my, you know, being in the mental health world a little bit more and you, you know, obviously having always been affected by it and being a part of mm-hmm. it, you know, seeing it firsthand and again, not being blinded by my own unhappiness and seeing it on somebody else's face, it scares me. It really, really does. And I don't think there's enough out there to help us. I don't think the system of tennis is built. Okay, you know, we use this word, it's not, you know, conducive to happiness. And I see it all the time. And, you know, this is where I go back to, you know, it'd be nice to lose with a team, you know? It'd be nice to travel back home with a team. It'd be nice to have that support. And, you know, regardless of, you know, the people around us and the friends on tour, they're still looking out for themselves, you know, even if they're really close friends in the long term, you know. They can't be there for you that night because they might have a, na- a match the next day. It's as simple as that. So, you know, I to, look at it. Let me yeah. just interrupt and just say, uh, again, we're recording this. You're you're playing Race Armiento in 14 hours. hours. Yeah. yeah. Um, so this, this in a third round of a challenger where you've put together two really good wins. Mm-hmm. Are you happy right now? I am. But I, and I'm, I think what I'm trying to change, and this is a a constant thing, and I hate when people say, wow, you always seem like you're working on something. I'm like, yeah, there's always challenges. Like, just because, you know, I got past one barrier doesn't mean I'm not going to face another one. So I'm always trying to learn. And this one, I'm trying to learn and to take every moment in. Like today, I stayed a little extra longer at the site than I would have normally, just because I want to be out in the sun and like enjoy the weather. And then I just drove around and, you know, things that I may have not done a little while ago, whatever the case may be, I'm just trying to enjoy moments where I can take in the happiness. And I just don't see other players doing it as much. I see a lot of worry and you know, it is easier when you're winning matches. That's just, that's just how simple it is. I just want to, you know, I, I don't want to be in the situation where I'm losing matches again and I have to, you know, fight it and see if this hypothesis actually works. But I just wish the whole system could make it, you know, a little more suitable for us to kind of enjoy the day in, day out. Because I, I don't know if it's on us at this point. I don't, maybe it's, you know, I, you know, we throw around all these conversations and I know I have to preface it with saying it's just tennis. We're hitting a ball. We should be happy. But we have to look at it deeper sometimes. I think, you know, we have to look into it that we gave our lives for something that, you know, may not necessarily give us what we wanted out of it. 
on, on a similar note, and I know you don't want to talk about it, but I, I think we're going to have to talk about it in the next couple of weeks. Listen, your 15 minutes is up, so we're not going to go in. Like, <laughs> Noah and I have to FaceTime when I'm in Tulsa and he's on the road uh, and he's not even looking at me as I say this. I, I'm having mild panic attacks right now about this whole coronavirus and, and the fact that, um, you know, there are sporting events that are starting to get canceled in Italy. Um, you know, are we going to get to a point where tennis tournaments are canceled uh, worldwide? And I mean, obviously, the health concern is the most important thing. Yeah, this is but like you also, and... yeah, much like in Australia, but uh, we're going to get to a point where you know the the opportunities for players are going to be rather limited potentially. Uh, broadcasters, I mean, I'm I'm in the same boat in this in this particular regard as you are, and um, you know, I'm 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 a little bit concerned about how. Listen, you guys, this is where a union really comes into play because. You know, I, I think you, if you had financial state uh, stability, I think you would be a little bit, it would be easier for you to have that emotional component um, that you're looking for. I, I'm the same way. And if I don't have that financial stability, if I don't have a contract, a job, shit, yeah. <laughs> you no, know, and I, I think it's a, it's a real panic that I'm having. So I'm, I'm just trying to relate to, to you in that regard. Yeah, I mean, of course, our listeners hopefully don't scream at us. We understand that there's 100,000 cases of coronavirus and, and right. people are passing away. We understand the severity of it. But mm -hmm. just talking on the tennis side, yeah, you're seeing the effects already. I mean, you talk about Asian tournaments are being canceled left and right. There's mm -hmm. really none anymore. So you're talking about that whole area now coming over to us playing You know, the tournaments over here, whether in other parts of Europe, mm -hmm. whether in the States. Um, South America, so the draws are already looking different. You know, we're going to have to see when a Rome comes into play. Will a Masters 1000 be canceled? You know, challengers are challengers. We talked about this with the fires in uh, Fairfield. It's one thing if it's a challenger, you can cancel it and not have too much of a you know a headache. If it's a Masters 1000, especially one of the greatest tournaments in the world for the year, then you start looking at things like wait. What do we do with points? What do we do with money? What do we do with sponsors? Yeah. Are we losing people? Does tennis become irrelevant because we have real true fears worldwide? Like, what does tennis mean at that point? And and then, you know, honestly, I mean, we've talked about this. I've, you know, I've FaceTimed you randomly. And I'm like, we're working on a podcast, but there's a, <laughs> like, there's illnesses and floods and yeah. the 10 plagues coming out. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Like, why are we even wasting our time? And I have those panic attacks sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, why am I so unhappy about playing tennis? Like, we have real things on our plate. But again, I, I think you talk about unprecedented territory. I, we don't even know where to go with this. I mean, I, you're, you're talking about canceling tours. Well, let, let me, you know, maybe you should I should just get just... in better shape, I think. I think I'm just going to have to go back and look to see what the ATP and WTA did in the 1918 outbreak of the Spanish flu. Have you? I, am I the only one here who's been Googling stuff about the 1918 Spanish flu <laughs> epidemic? That's just Can me. Can you please, for our fans, just post your search history for the last oh, no, I eight can't hours <laughs> for, for a plethora of reasons? <laughs> Uh, I can maybe like half of it. <laughs> uh, Between well, your triple X and your 
plagues. Oh, what a fun-filled afternoon it was for you. <laughs> Luckily, of your support emotional cat in front of you. Uh, bless her heart. She's a good one. Um, Noah. Yeah. Uh, you have a match in, like I said, 14 hours with Raymond I Sarmiento. Do. I do. Um, I love Been Ray. sleeping like shit. So we'll see. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm sure that this conversation is going to put you right in a great spot for sleeping. All kidding aside, though. All kidding aside, though. I, you know, I, I personally, I'm just very happy to see you. As I said at the, at the outset, you seem to be enjoying competing uh, just a little bit more right now, and and healthy and happier on the court, and and I'm happy to see that. Um, so good luck tomorrow. Have fun with it. That's it. That's all that can be said. The show might be over, but the conversation isn't. Join us on social media at NoahRubin33, at MikeCTennis, and at Behind the Racket. Expect new episodes every Monday or Tuesday. And don't forget to leave us a rating on iTunes. It really helps us expand and reach more listeners as we take you Behind the Racket. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline.